We want to welcome all of our Multiply fam, our online fam. It's so good to connect with you as well. If you take your copy of God's Word out and turn to the book of Exodus chapter 6, Exodus chapter 6, I'm just going to warn you, it's going to be a while before I get there, but I'll get there, so don't lose it, and then don't get nervous when I finally get there, because it's not that the sermon is beginning at that point, it's almost ending. I'm just going to get to the scripture a little bit later, so uh, don't be nervous about time and all of that good stuff. It was only a couple months into the pandemic of last year, Pastor Steve preached a sermon on Gideon. I think it was the week after Easter. I encourage you to go back and listen to that sermon. And one of the things that Pastor Steve said in that sermon was a line that has, I guess, haunted me, but haunted me in a good way all year. And he said this, he said, during times of crisis, you got to be careful what you escape to, because if we're not careful, what you escape to will become the things that you cannot escape from. And I just started praying for people all over our our, our church family and our community and, and, uh, concerned about what are people escaping to? Are they escaping to fear? Are they escaping to loneliness? Are they escaping to depression? Are they escaping to old sinful habits? Are they escaping to bondage? Are they escaping to running away from things that they should be running toward? And I just started praying, God, like, like, don't let us, don't let us fall into bondage. Don't let us fall into bondage in the year 2020. And I'm going to be all over the place uh, on the notes. So uh, guys in the back, try to follow. But if you can't, I'll catch up because here's what the enemy tried to do. There's a scripture in the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter one, verse 12, and it says this, the more that the enemy oppressed them, the more the Israelites multiplied. The more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied. I don't know if you can have a retro verse of the year for 2020, but if you can, if you can go back in time, I want to declare that as our retro verse for last year, and I want to declare that over you, that the more the enemy tried to oppress you, the more you multiplied. Now, I want, you to, I want you to watch this. I want you to watch this. Because when you prayed for multiplication, thanks, Pastor. When you prayed for multiplication, sometimes it looked like oppression. And God was actually answering your prayer, but it looked like hardship. So, so watch this. Hardship is a necessary part of the Christian life. It's how you grow. I'm going to pick on you so, so much, Justin, but, I, but you know I love you. I told, somebody, I told somebody out loud a couple weeks ago, and I prefaced it, I think, and I said, if Justin were right here, I would say this. I said, I feel like, I feel like Justin works out until it becomes a sermon illustration, and then he doesn't. <laughs> so I'm just, so I'm holding you, I'm holding you to this. That it's going to be multiple sermon illustrations. Multiple sermon illustrations. I see you growing. You're getting stronger. You're not going to quit. You're going to do this. All right. <laughs> but, he, but here's what. Gym, gym days aren't fun. Leg days aren't fun. <laughs> but the growth isn't bad. Here's, here's what happens. We pray God grow me, God multiply me. But then it looks like hardship. And we're like, God, I, I don't pray that prayer anymore. I resend, I, re, I resend that prayer. I take that prayer back. No, where the, the, thing that you, the thing that you wanted out of last year was the very thing that God was using in your life to bring the growth that you actually prayed for. He was multiplying you. You're growing. You're getting stronger. 
your faith is, is higher. You have more courage. You have more strength than you ever thought you did because you've been through some stuff. And when you walk through some stuff, you come out on the other side with a greater anointing and a greater strength and a greater courage. So watch this. The hardship, that hardship is a necessary part of the Christian life, but the bondage that the enemy tries to attach to that is not. And so if you're not careful, you'll walk through hardship with more faith, but the enemy tried to throw on some chains with it. And that's what we're going to break in the name of Jesus. God has already, he's released the word of the house. When you are, when you are part of a house, you get the covering of the house, you get the blessing of the house, and God is releasing. This is not just a sermon. This is a word for our community. And God is speaking freedom, and God is declaring freedom. In 1974, there was a Japanese soldier by the name, by the name of Lieutenant Haru Onada. And in 1974, there was a jungle in the Philippines, and Lieutenant Onada walks out of the jungle in his World War II uniform. What was very strange about that is that the war had ended 29 years earlier. You say, what was going on? For 29 years, he did not believe that the war had ended. And so he was living in bondage and captivity because he didn't believe the word was freedom. And so he walked out. He could have rejoined his family. He could have been building his life. He could have been stepping into his future. But he was living in a second-rate existence in bondage and captivity because he did not believe the word that was being declared over him. And I read that story and I just wondered how many believers, how many Christians are walking around in a second-rate existence? How many Christians are walking around in chains of bondage and fear and junk and all kinds of stuff that the enemy has tried to put on you because you didn't know that Jesus won? You didn't know that freedom was possible. What if you could live free? What if you really could live truly and fully free? What if this was the year that God would set you free? All kinds of things. Freedom from guilt, freedom from shame, sinful habits, bad memories, fear of failing, fear of being great. Laziness, complacency, inconsistency, depression, anger, unforgiveness, negative self-talk, fixed mindsets, controlling opinions of others, intimidation, emotional crutches, excuses, financial burdens, physical ailments, chains of addiction, fear, worry, anxiety, anything that holds you down or holds you back. There's a lot of stuff out there. When you hear a word of, like freedom, maybe we have the tendency to say, oh, well, well, I, well I don't need that. I'm already, I'm already saved. No, saved people need freedom. Can I, sh- can I show you this from, from Scripture? So the Israelites were already God's people. They were already God's people, but they walked through 400 years of slavery and oppression, that hardship. God used it to multiply them, to grow them. But the enemy was also putting layers of uh, chains of bondage and and all kinds of things on them. And so God raised up Moses as the deliverer. God said to Moses, go before Pharaoh, declare my word, tell the enemy. Sometimes sometimes you don't pray to the enemy. You don't pray to the enemy. Sometimes you got to declare things to the enemy. Sometimes you got to walk in and say, enemy, I declare my freedom in the name of Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. This is why it's important to be in your Bible, be in the word every day is because you need the word in you to declare things when the enemy tries to attack you. And so God gave Moses this word. He declared it to the people of God and he declared it to the enemy. I encourage you, get a word, get a verse this year that is your verse, that is your word, that when the circumstances in your life begin to speak opposite of what God said to you, you begin to declare the word of God. There's power in the word of God. The word of God is greater than your circumstances and you declare it to the people of God and sometimes you even declare it to the enemy. 
But this is a part of the story that I don't like. There's so, there's so many things in the Bible I don't like. And this is one of them. So I want, I want you to notice the, the icons that are up here above, above our, above our uh, uh, freedom work. I want you to see these icons. So we have the pyramid that's represented uh, uh, bondage. We have, we have this, this moon that's representative of the night season. This is representative of the plagues. You have that river there. That's representation of the Red Sea. And then the palms are our paradise. Y'all, here's what I would like for God to do. I would like God to take me from the pyramid to the palms. I'd like to skip the plagues. But, but this is what the Lord, this is what the Lord showed, showed us. This is what the Lord showed me. Freedom is bro- both an event and a process. And many people want the event of freedom, but they're not willing to go through the process of freedom. And until you submit yourself to the daily leading of the Holy Spirit, you will live free, meaning you'll make heaven, but you'll make heaven not as free as you could be if you were fully free. And I know that's confusing. So, Pastor West, come on, come on up. And... Harrison, come on, come on up here. I need you, Pastor Wes. Hop up here. You're going to be my... I got a... I've never... I've never I, Pastor Jerry texted me yesterday. He said, this is the strangest text I've ever sent. He said, the straight jacket is in the choir room. <laughs> so... <laughs> I started, like, before... Before break, before Christmas, I go, or, or I typed in on Amazon, straight jacket... I'm like, this feels so creepy right now. If somebody would look in my search history, I was like, so I just got off and I'm like, then I texted Pastor Jerry and I was like, can you get me a straight jacket? Because I didn't, like, it's just weird. And I was going to have, Wes, I was going to have you get in the straight jacket, but I'm like, this is so weird. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't even do this. And so I got, I had to have, so just kind of drape it over, just kind of drape it over. No, like in the front so people can see the buckles there. All right, so I want you to imagine, so Pastor Wes, you are, you are like a, a, uh, a Navy SEAL, all right? So you are trained in all kinds of things, hand-to-hand combat. If you put your hands in your pocket, you could be arrested for carrying a concealed weapon. You have all kinds, like just mad, mad skills, but you, got, but you got captured. You got captured by the enemy, and the enemy put you in prison, but the enemy was so scared of your power that the enemy didn't just put you in prison. The enemy put you in a straitjacket in prison because when they would open the prison door and give you your bread and, de- and water and everything like that, they, were, they didn't want to get beat up. They didn't want to die, right? So they put you in a straitjacket. And so the good guys sent Harrison on a recon mission to break Wes out of prison. And, and so we have all this high-tech surveillance, and they've been watching then. They has, He's got the computer guy behind, you know, like Jack Bauer. Do you remember Jack Bauer? You're too young. Okay, good. Look at this new generation being raised in the, in the right way. So aren't you thankful for a generation that knows who Jack Bauer is? Say amen. So, so, so he's got like the, the person behind, knows, knows all the, tapped into all the cameras. They know where the, the enemy is. They know where the prison guards are. They know the routine. You've got your earpiece in, and you know that you've got about 20 minutes to break Wes out of prison. And so you've got the key unlock the door, but how, how many of you, watch this, this is, this is going to help you understand the process and the event of freedom. How many of you know that a better course of action would not be because they got to go past, they got to sneak past guards, they got to go through tunnels, and so Wes is going to need his hands, right? Does that make sense? 
So Harrison could lead Wes out of the prison when he's bound. But a better course of action would be to undo the buckles on the straitjacket to free Wes so that he can walk in freedom. Does that make sense? Say yes. At least make me feel better and nod your heads. This is, what, this is what the Lord was doing in Egypt, and this is what the Lord is doing to you. The ten plagues, the ten plagues, God was exposing and undoing a layer of Egyptian bondage because each one of the plagues were, were tied to one of the Egyptian gods. So it was the Nile. Uh, the Nile was a god in Egypt. The frogs, the frogs were a god in Egypt. And so what God was doing is he was identifying and exposing layers of bondage so that the Israelites could get free. Do you see this? It's a process. Say it's a process. It's a process. It's a process. And so we want the Red Sea, but there's a process. There's a night season. You got to walk through some things. And what God is doing in your life and what God is going to begin to do in your life, if you will submit to the power of the Holy Spirit, he will begin to undo these layers of bondage so that you can be free and you're going to break out. of pri- You're going to have a prison break this year like you've never had in your life. Come on, give the Lord a hand and give these guys a hand too. Thank you so much. Because I always wondered why 10 plagues. Did you ever wonder that? Why 10 plagues? God could have done that with one plague, right? He could have skipped to the Red Sea, but he didn't. Do you know that some Bible scholars say that those plagues took up to a year? I, watch, watch this. Let me, let me say it like this. A year of unanswered prayers. Not only a year of unanswered prayers, but a year where the Israelites kept getting their hopes up again and again. Maybe the flies will work. Maybe the gnats will work. Maybe this, maybe when I come down for prayer, this time I'll get healed. Maybe this is the year that my daughter's going to come back to Jesus. Maybe this is the year we're going to live. All these unanswered prayers, and they kept getting their hopes up, and they kept getting their hopes up, and they kept getting their hopes up. And that's why, guys, I'm I'm all over the place. But go to this last scripture. Watch this. Watch this now. In Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 through 9, God says, I am the Lord. I will free you from your oppression and will rescue you from slavery. I will redeem you with a powerful arm and and great acts of judgment. I will claim you as my own people and will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord who has freed you from your oppression, and I will bring you into the land that I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you as your very own possession. I am the Lord. And so God releases is the word of the year through Moses 2021. It's a year of freedom. It's going to be a year of freedom and you would think that the Israelites would have been, let's go. Jamila sing that song one more time. This is revival. I'm about to, if it weren't, if I didn't have to be socially distanced, I'd be at the, uh, be at the altar one more time. I'm about to make a lap around this place. You would think that the Israelites would have been about to break out in revival because Moses, the man of God through the word of God and the power of God Release the word of the house for the year, but watch their response. So Moses told the people of Israel what the Lord had said, but they refused to listen anymore. They had become too 
discouraged by the brutality of their slavery. I've heard Pastor Tom say it so many times that discouragement is the greatest tool of the enemy. And so the exact area where the Lord is trying to free you is the area that the enemy is trying to bring discouragement. And he's using the discouragement in your life to keep you from believing the true word of freedom over your life. Let me give you, let me give you three quick, quick, quick uh, principles here from this Exodus story as we get ready to launch into our 21 days of prayer. See, what we're going to do is we're going to tie in our 21 days of prayer. We're going to be in this auditorium uh, for all of, all of those of you that can, can make it. We're going to be online as well. We encourage everybody in some way to engage those 21 days of prayer. And then as a supplement to that, we're releasing 21 days of freedom. They're short devotionals that will take you through the 10 plagues. And I really believe that the hand of God is on this and that he will use this material in your life to expose, to identify, and to loosen shackles in your life. You're going to get so free this year. I believe that in Jesus' name. But let me give you three principles. Number one, it's the Moses, Aaron, and Miriam principle. The Moses, Aaron, and Miriam principle. And that simply says this, we all, say all, We all have areas in our life where we need freedom. Moses was the leader. Aaron, second in command. Miriam, right with them. But leadership, if you've been saved two minutes, if you've been saved 82 years, we all have areas in our life where we need freedom. Number two is the bricks without straw principle. The bricks without straw principle, and that simply means this, that where the enemy is attacking is where God wants to bring breakthrough. So if you want to know, because I want you to ask the Lord this year, God, what is the area in my life where you want me to live free? And I'm just going to tell you, if you want to know, it's the area where you're under the most attack. What happened? So Moses went to Pharaoh, declared the word of the Lord, declared that word of freedom. And what did Pharaoh do? Pharaoh made it harder, not easier. The enemy is not going to let you go easily. And so you just need to know this. You need a pastor that's going to tell you good things, and you need a pastor that's going to tell you hard things. Sometimes it is going to get harder before it gets better. There will be times during the 21 days when you are uncomfortable, when things are uncovered in you that you didn't want to know about you, when things get exposed that you didn't want to be exposed. But watch this. The Lord is at work. You're going to want to give up. You're going to want to quit. But you need to know right now, you need to know right now the bricks without straw principle that that is the enemy trying to make it harder for you. you got to lean in for your breakthrough. you got to lean in for where does God want you to live free? It's the exact area in your life where the enemy is attacking you. If the enemy is attacking your kids, God's about to use your kids. If the enemy is attacking your finances, God's about to use your finances. If the enemy is attacking your health, God is about to give you health and, and freedom in that area where the enemy is attacking. It's the bricks without straw principle is where God wants to use you. And then number three, it's the going right along that with that it's the buried in the sand principle the buried in the sand principle so when God exposes something in your life I'm going to add a a statement to this from what's on the screen it's not for the purpose of bringing guilt and shame it's for the for for the purpose of bringing freedom you remember what what Moses did so let's rewind before Moses steps into this position of prophetic power and declaration and before he's God's instrument um, what did he do like he killed a guy right not the best way to start out your ministry career 
Like first week, first week of Bible college. Yeah, uh, killed a guy last week. You're, we're probably going to have to walk through the, those things. And, and, what did, and what did he do? He, he buried that in the, in the sand. All of us have things in our past that we've tried to bury in the sand. Now, this is going to get hard. The 21, these 21 days of freedom, this is not for the faint of heart. Here's what's going to happen. The Lord's not going to do this publicly. He'll do it privately because he, he, he'll, he'll respect your, your privacy. But the Lord, the Lord will bring those bodies to the surface. You, under, you understand? And it's not because he's mad at you. It's because you got to deal with those things. Because once you deal, the Lord's on the statement, once you deal with the worst of you, he can release the best of you. Until you deal with the worst of who you are, you can't tap into the fullness of your anointing. The same Holy Spirit, the same, the same passion that was in Moses to free God's people. What, where was Moses calling and where was his anointing? It was to free God's people. What did, he, what did he do with the Egyptian? He did it in the wrong way too soon. But can I tell you this? Your greatest weakness and your greatest strength are two sides of the same coin. And until it was his, it was his passion for freedom for God's people, but it was just used in the wrong way at the wrong time. Like we can walk through skip scripture. We can see all, all of this. What was David? What was David's greatest strength? What was his greatest strength? He was a man after God's own heart. Right? It was his passion. David was a passionate person. He was a worshiper. What was David's greatest weakness? What got him into trouble? His passion. His passion. Your greatest, your greatest weakness is your greatest strength hijacked. But your greatest strength is your greatest weakness redeemed. Let's go to the Apostle Paul. What was the Apostle Paul's greatest strength? His zeal, like you weren't going to stop the Apostle Paul. If he put his mind to something, I don't care if there's a shipwreck. I don't care if a snake jumps out of a fire and attaches to my hand. I don't care if all the religious people are against me. I don't care if people leave me. I don't care if I'm in a prison cell. I'm going to go. I'm going to obey the word of the Lord. It was Paul's zeal that was his greatest strength. What was Paul's greatest weakness? His zeal against the church. What is God going to do? See, you've been running. You've been running from your greatest weakness. You've been trying to bury your greatest weakness. But God wants to uncover it, not to bring you shame. But he's about to redeem it. He's about to use it. He's about to turn it. He's about to anoint it. And that's what God is going to do during these days. Ban, come as, as we close. I am the Lord. I will free you from your oppression. I will rescue you from your slavery. I will redeem you. This is the word of the, the Lord. This is the word of the house. I will claim you as my own people. I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord, your God, who has freed you from your oppression. I want to encourage, I want to encourage you that maybe today, maybe today is the, the day of your declaration of independence. Maybe today's your declaration of, of independence. Do you remember learning about this in history class, July 4th, 1776, the Second Continental Congress, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania? See, what was going on there? 
What, we, what was going on at that Second Continental Congress? Here's what was happening. Is you had the colonists that were trying to establish a new life in a new land, but they had some ties. This will preach. They had some ties to an old empire. They were trying to live free. They were trying to live forward. They were trying to, to step into a new year, but they had some ties to an old empire. And so what happened, what finally pushed the colonists over the edge was, if you remember, it was the, the taxation. It was the taxation because the enemy started making withdrawals from your life. See, when you give the enemy territory in your life, he begins to make withdrawals from there. He starts to tax your emotions. He starts to tax your, he begins to tax your marriage. He begins to tax your parenting. He begins to tax your prayer life. And what somebody needs to do today is the same thing that they did on July 4th, 1776. Somebody needs to make a declaration of independence and say I'm done with that I'm done being taxed I'm done with the enemy sapping my strength I'm done with the enemy sapping my anointing I'm done with the enemy I'm done with the enemy wreaking havoc on my family I'm done with being in debt I've had it I make my declaration of independence right now right here on January 3rd 2021 somebody is going to begin to make a declaration of independence that is going to set your course forward from here on out now now you you got to be careful because because this brought on a little bit of a war this brought on a little bit of war of a war but can I tell you that the war has already been fought and the battle has already been won we're on the victor's side so you don't need to be afraid of that war here's what you need to do you need to make a declaration of independence and then you need to do the same thing that our founding fathers did and that Thomas Jefferson did. You need to write it down. You need to write it down. It was in their head. It was in their head, but it didn't take action until they wrote it down. You need to write it down. You need to write it down. You need to put it on your refrigerator. You need to put it in front of you. You need to put it in your car. You need to put it on your bathroom mirror. You need to put it in your journal. You need to put it in your Bible. When you begin to write something down, it does something in you. It begins to unlock action steps. Begins to unlock action steps because we need hope. We need vision. But we also need steps. We need steps. So you got to write it down. And then, and then the real power, the real power was not just in the declaration, but when they signed their name. When they signed their name, because it's whose name is on your declaration of independence. Because if the people that wrote the Declaration of Independence didn't have the power to enact the words that they wrote, it just would have been words. You need to know that the name that is on your Declaration of Independence is the name that is above every name. 
It is the name that has defeated death, hell, and the grave. It is the one that has already undone the shackles of Egyptian bondage. It is the name that is going to be with you in this journey of freedom as we stand in all of our locations, as you stand in your living room. Would you just take a few moments right now and say, God, what do you want me to be free from in 2021? What do you want me to be free from? Somebody the Lord is going to prompt and and you're going to get free from the debt that's been hanging over you. This year, for somebody, those generational curses that have been hanging over your family for decades, this is, this is the year. But you got to get ready. You got to get ready. You got to get ready to engage these 21 days and say, this is my declaration of independence. I'm done with the enemy trying to tax me. I'm done with the enemy trying to reach in and sap my strength and sap my anointing and take my kids. Today, this is my declaration of independence. Things change today not tomorrow things change today now devil i'm done with the way that you've been battling me today this is my declaration of independence and god's going to give you your word and you're going to write it down and then he's going to begin to take you through this process and it's going to be worth it in jesus name with heads still bowed and eyes still closed the best declaration of independence that you can make is to say yes to Jesus if you're within the sound of my voice and you've never said yes to Jesus it's as simple as asking him to come into your heart and come into your life so as I pray this out loud would you pray this silently at your seat or silently at, at, at wherever you're listening to this just say something like this Jesus I'm sorry, I repent, I turn from my sin, and I turn to you, and I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart and to come into my life and help me to live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to my purpose in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. How many of y'all ready to live free? Come on, how many of you ready to live free? Our declaration of independence, amen.